Welcome to the Rest Talk channel, a scientific podcast around type 2 inflammation and respiratory diseases. This podcast is supported by the medical department of Sanofigenzyme. In this episode, we will discuss about the role and the importance of lung function, particularly in asthma and COPD. For that, it's a pleasure to welcome Dr. Yunus Scholak from Denmark. Dr. Yunus Scholak, welcome to this podcast. Thank you very much. Thank you for the kind invitation. Uh, good to be here. Thanks. Let's start with a very important question. Could you introduce yourself to the uh, audience and explain your main field of research, please? Yes, thank you, Roxanne. My name is uh, Yunus Cholak. I'm a Danish clinical researcher at the University of Copenhagen and uh, currently a specialist registrar in respiratory medicine at Copenhagen University Hospitals. So my research primarily concerns uh, the role and importance of lung function in both COPD and asthma. And I often utilize the two large-scale population-based cohorts we have here in Denmark, the Copenhagen General Population Study and the Copenhagen City Heart Study. However, I've also been focusing on other topics such as inflammatory biomarkers, smoking, chronic cough and pneumonia. In recent years, I've been particularly interested in the early origins of COPD, uh, early COPD or pre-disease state called pre-COPD, and especially focusing on early life risk factors such as childhood asthma and respiratory tract infections. So uh, besides of using traditional clinical epidemiology, including cross-sectional and prospective study designs, I've also been investigating causal risk factors by using Mendelian randomization studies. Yeah, so uh, that's that's my main field of research. Thank you for this uh, very nice introduction. My uh, first question to you will be the following. What are the risk factors for impaired lung function? So uh, in many years, we have uh, always known that smoking is the main risk factor for low lung function and I have always focused on smoking. However, in recent years, we have found out that uh, not only smoking, but also other risk factors, especially early life risk factors, really is important for how your lung function develops. Primarily, these risk factors have been The new risk factors that we have discovered have been childhood respiratory tract infections and also childhood asthma. Because of these two risk factors, we often see young adults having low lung function very early in life, which increases risk of developing chronic airflow limitation later in life. Other risk factors that especially matter in other, in other parts of the world, not the Western societies, is biomass fuel smoke, which is actually a much more important risk factor than smoking. And yeah, so these are the main risk factors and especially early life risk factors also seems to matter. Yeah. Okay, really interesting. And can I ask you to elaborate a bit on the catch-up phenomenon? And is it really possible to prevent lung function in uh, childhood? Yeah, the catch-up phenomenon is actually a very interesting phenomenon that we have discovered over the years. So it basically includes children with low lung function 
somehow seem to normalize in their lung function over the years and obtain normal lung function in early adulthood. So I think this is an interesting clinical group that we need to focus on and to find out how they normalize in their lung function, what factors seem to determine their improved lung function. An important risk factor that I have mentioned earlier is childhood respiratory tract infections. And perhaps through vaccination, we may prevent childhood respiratory tract infections and somehow avoid low lung function better early in life. So to focus on this group would be very important in future studies and especially focusing on vaccinations as well. Perhaps they may somehow give us the answer to how we can normalize in our lung function very early in life. Okay, nice. And what are the typical trajectories in uh, asthma and COPD? So asthma and COPD, patients with asthma and COPD often have accelerated lung function decline compared to healthy individuals. Lung function decline seems to be highest among those patients with asthma and COPD overlap, also known as ACO followed by COPD and then asthma. Whether it's possible to, to normalize in their lung function, we're not sure, but there have been some meta-analysis suggesting that through uh, treatment, especially with inhaled medication, we may seem to normalize lung function in some patients with COPD. So that's important to focus on, on treatment of these patients, especially on, on lung function decline. Okay, so role and importance of lung function in these two diseases are key. Yeah, I mean, often uh, physicians, clinicians seem to forget the importance of lung function because low lung function means for patients that they have more symptoms and especially have low exercise capacity, which influences their daily activity life. And they're not able to go outside or do the usual things that healthy individuals normally do. So that's very important to focus on, on low lung function, uh, which often will explain why our patients have the, their complaints. So that's, that's very important, yeah. And do you think lung function is overlooked in the clinical practice at the moment? Yeah, I, I certainly believe so. So after they measure lung function, they often tend to forget to follow up on their lung function. We are not able to track their lung function decline because lung function decline is a sign of disease progression and is also a sign of a lack of disease control and that we need to focus more on what type of treatment we are offering to these patients. So not only does it explain our patients' complaints, but also explain the prognosis of our patients. Low lung function, for instance, is very important for the risk of acute exacerbations. So low lung function increases risk of acute exacerbations, which also accelerates lung function decline. So we have a vicious circle between exacerbations and low lung function. So that's also the reason why focusing on uh, low lung function is very important in our daily clinical practice.
Okay, thanks. And you mentioned that briefly, but could you explain a bit more how we can translate lung function decline in patient symptoms? Yeah, so as I've mentioned earlier, a low lung function really is important for the prognosis of our patients. So if you have a patient with very low lung function, we know that these patients should be priority and we should be more aggressive on their treatment. Our treatment should not only focus on the the complaints that the patients have, such as symptoms or low exercise capacity, but also low lung function. So that could be used to take it more aggressively, our treatments, and focus a lot more on some specific patients if they have low lung function. Okay, very interesting. And are there any biomarkers or indicators that can help to predict lung function decline in uh, asthma and COPD? So that's a really good question, Roxanne. Thank you for that. So uh, in recent years, we have rediscovered some biomarkers that we had for many years, and that includes blood eosinophil counts and pheno. So these biomarkers have existed for many years, but now we know that they can also be used in daily clinical practice. And these patients that have elevated blood eosinophils and pheno seem to have a specific form of inflammation called type 2 inflammation, which is very important to know as patients that have type 2 inflammatory biomarkers elevation seem to be more responsive to treatment with inhaled corticosteroids and especially monoclonal antibodies that are specifically targeting type 2 inflammation, such as interleukin 5, 4, and 13. So these two biomarkers seem to be very important in our patients because they may benefit from the treatments that we already have. So it is important to identify these biomarkers. Okay, thanks. And I have a question regarding this type 2 inflammation. So what role does chronic inflammation have in the progression of asthma and COPD? When our patients have elevated inflammatory biomarkers, whether it's blood eosinophils, phenol, or C-reactive protein or other similar biomarkers, means that they have some, or, uh, some form of ongoing inflammation and perhaps also progression of their disease. And the real question is whether if we treat their inflammation accordingly, whether it will reduce it and perhaps hold progression. So that's the key question that we need to find out in future studies. So to identify chronic inflammation is, more, is important for the treatment. And another important question is, if we treat this inflammation accordingly, whether it will halt progression, that's something that we need to investigate in future studies. We already know that these treatments seem to work and seem to improve not only symptoms and exercise capacity, but also seem to reduce exacerbations. Another question is whether it will halt progression of disease. And this is also where lung function is very important because lung function decline is an important marker of disease progression. So if we have a treatment that seems to reduce lung function decline, it may also halt disease progression. Okay, very interesting. 
And according to you, how important is early diagnosis and intervention in chronic airway disease? Yeah, so uh, as I've mentioned earlier, chronic airflow limitation, especially COPD, is a disease that develops gradually over many years. So it is technically possible to identify these individuals that will develop chronic airflow limitation or COPD later in life very early. And by identifying them early, we may be able to implement certain interventions such as smoking cessation and perhaps also very early treatment. However, we lack the evidence for this because we are not 100% certain whether individuals that have early signs of disease will progress into COPD later in life. That's something that we need to investigate in future studies and also to investigate whether early intervention, not only through smoking cessation, but perhaps also pharmacological treatment, whether it will uh, change their prognosis accordingly. And there have been some perspective papers recently that have elaborated on how important it is to do trials that include young individuals with impaired lung function and perhaps early signs of uh, chronic airflow limitation or COPD. Uh, so that's something I really think that we should focus a lot more on in the future in, in these upcoming years. Still a lot to discover. Yeah, of course. And uh, my final question for you will be, what will be your key messages to the audience? So my key messages will be to focus on other risk factors for low lung function, not only smoking and biomass fuel burning, but also on early life risk factors such as childhood respiratory tract infections, childhood asthma, that are very important risk factors as well. Another key message is that we should focus on low lung function, not only to diagnose disease, but also to follow up patients over the years because low lung function not only explains our patients' symptoms and low exercise capacity, but also determines their prognosis. So a patient that has very low lung function or have accelerated lung function decline will have very poor prognosis. And that is also the reason why we need to be more aggressive with our treatment in these certain patients. And lastly, I will also elaborate on how important inflammatory biomarkers are for our patients with asthma and COPD, especially the two type 2 inflammatory biomarkers blood eosinophils and phenol that not only determines that these patients will likely benefit from our treatment with inhaled corticosteroids and also monoclonal antibodies, but will also perhaps explain why they have disease progression. And so that's very important to focus on. Yeah. Very clear. Thank you, Dr. Scholak. Thanks a lot for this excellent discussions. And thank you for the kind invitation. Thank you very much. Thank and thank you, you for listening. Yeah. <laughs>